Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your agent experience, hopefully improve your customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 650-seat call center outsourcer here in the States, located in, uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania. How's everybody doing? We are going live here on LinkedIn. We're going live now on TikTok as well. I wanted to talk about you know, all of these, this AI that, is, that has just been flooding into, uh, flooding into this, this, this kind of stream of, of contact center and, and customer experience. And I know I've seen this dance before and I, and I don't want people to make the same mistakes. And I, I see the same mistakes that are about to be made. So I wanted to do an episode to talk about doing this the right way, how to create a contact center that is infused with AI, you know, both from the, the back end, right. And some of the tools that are, are there from a speech analytics and workforce management, but also from the front end, right. You know, getting into the, I don't want to say the scary piece, but kind of the cool part where we're looking at chatbots, we're looking at uh, advanced uh, speech learning, um, we're looking at people using the actual robot and bots to, to, to speak and to create um, the kind of the, the knowledge base um, that, that human beings are, are, are doing now. I have a couple of thoughts on this too, as, as, as I've you know, been, been in the industry here for about 30 years. Um, I, I've seen technology come and go. I've seen, you know, the the panacea, and I, I don't know. You keep using the word panacea, but this this thought that you know technology will be taking over for the agents, right? So we started with with kind of the IVR, right? So the IVR was going to just all we're going to have is IVR farms, all self service, all customer support is going to be able to done be done through the IVR, and we're not going to need agents at all. And obviously, we found that that is not even close to kind of how things have panned out. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that this technology that is coming out now with, you know, what we've seen from a chat GPT, what we've seen from, from some of these other kind of chat GPT kind of like Bard, right? Bard from, which I know <laughs> made a huge mistake at a, at a Google event, but you see the technology, it's in your face and it, you would be naive, right? Not to think that, that there will be some, um, some fallout from a contact center from the, from the agent standpoint. So here's here's kind of my overall take, 30,000-foot view take on, on where I see this and how the effect of the actual agent is and, and to, to organizations. Right now, you have a bunch of C-level executives that are in, in major organizations that are talking about 
how do we use this technology? How do we employ a strategy to lower our costs, right? That's their main thought. How do we lower our costs? How do we raise our profits, at least in their narrow kind of thinking? How do we get rid of our contact center, get rid of the agents? And I think that there is a, you know, 20, 30% of the organizations out there that are thinking that way. You know, I think you have another 20, 30, 40% of organizations as well that are thinking, whoa, I don't want to touch this right now. Um, Let's see how this whole thing plays out. And I I think, you know, there is some nervousness as well as as where is this really going to be impacting um, our customer experience? Where is it going to be impacting uh, where we see our agents and and the need for our agents? And they're kind of taking a, a, a step back. And then I think you have that that final, you know, 20-ish percent that is in the middle. And that's kind of where I am trying to position my organization to be in the middle, um, to do this the smart way, to, to figure out where AI can really have the biggest impact. What is the low-hanging fruit that we can start to build upon, that we don't just rush to judge this technology for, for, for the better or for the worse, and I think, you know, those are the organizations, at least in the short term, that, you know, at least in my thought process, are, are really going to thrive and, 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 and be successful with this. So this is how I'm building out and, and kind of the, the change of thought I'm doing in our contact center. Now, we have about 650 agents. We're pretty technologically advanced for what we can do. We are on the nice CX1 platform, a ton of different in- integrations with, with different CRMs, with different clients, um, whether it be Zoho, Zendesk, Salesforce. Um, all the way to you know proprietary CRMs that our that our customers have. The first thing that I have noticed, and I'm I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen, and I don't foresee a huge change in in really what we're doing. What what where the change is going to come is kind of this funnel, right? This funnel of our only the agent can handle these type of questions, and only right now our chatbots can handle these kind of questions. Well, what's happening? is with, I think, this new technology is the AI is going to dig deeper into the funnel, right? So when it digs deeper into the funnel, it's going to be able to answer more things. I don't think we're going to get rid of the agent, at least in the next, you know, five to 10 years. I know that's that's not that long a period of time, but I don't think that we will be getting rid of the agent, you know, totally. But again, we're starting to see that AI is creeping into our funnel of what it can answer. So the first thing that, you know, we made sure that we have is all the advanced tools, right? So again, if you want to be forward looking, you want to make sure that you are staying on the edge of kind of what's going on. And especially with this AI world, right? Looking at things, first of all, blocking and tackling being fully omni-channel, right? And then having advanced routing that goes with this. So AI can help us and it has helped us now with our routing, with our predicted cues, how we route off of predicted cues. So, you know, if we see, hey, you know, in CX1 and, and most all the, the CCAS players have this kind of technology, but they call it work. CX1 calls it workforce intelligence. So basically when a call is in queue or in the IVR, there can be a predicted wait time, right? That the AI thinks and talks through, right? And thinks, whatever that means, right? But once it deems that, yes, there will be calls in queue and will they be waiting, it will pull agents and change their skills automatically, so that those calls can get answered. And then as soon as a service level or a handle time or an average speed of answer is met, whatever that business rule is, then those agents can go back. So for the first part of this, right, looking at a high-end platform that you can do some advanced AI um, in the routing, right, into your looking at then your workforce management. 
how are you forecasting calls? I mean, the, one of the biggest changes I've seen over the last you know two to three years has been how AI has had a huge impact on on some of these backend tools, right? So workforce management and, and WFM and how the forecasting of of those tools, you know, with with kind of these these advanced algorithms that are starting to come up has has made it much better. Right. Our forecasting is, you know, it's down to literally the the 15 minute interval. We can predict, you know, 90, 95% of the time what the actual call volume will be for that interval, which means we allow our for our customers, we can staff at the exact number that they need to meet the exact service level that they need. It's bringing in kind of the art and the science. Um, and, and I think that's a huge piece of, of the AI. The other piece that that you need to start to really think about if you do not have is, is advanced analytics and speech analytics, right? And now they're calling it really interaction analytics because it's not just voice, but currently we can do analytics on voice, on chat, um, on digital, on, on emails using AI to take all of this data that is coming into our contact center and then making it usable, usable for operations, usable for, for marketing, especially marketing, right? You know, it's being able to tell a, a, a CMO that the call center is seeing that 25% of the calls that came in yesterday for this new this new tool or this new toy or this new widget that you just shipped everywhere, the phrase too expensive kept being used. Maybe we need to position our marketing on that actual price, on the on the price point, right? You're looking at packaging. When, when things are coming in and, and we, we, you know, in the past, we'd ask an agent, hey, what are you hearing? Well, now we don't have to ask the agent because we have all this data. We have AI that is now taking that data, parsing it for us so we can see that, you know, this, this, uh, this tool, um, this toy, um, again, this widget, this, this thing that we're building, when we ship it, it's breaking. It's breaking in when it's being shipped or maybe it's breaking two weeks after we ship it and it's being used, right? And before – we could kind of give some anecdotal evidence of that, but now we're actually listening to the customer when the customer is interacting with us. And we're able to give, again, from logistics to marketing to operations, give actual insights of what the customer is saying. The contact center from the AI perspective is turning into a much more powerful tool um, than, than just helping a, a customer answer their problem. When done right, when infused with, with the newer technologies, we can really become a, an asset to an organization, and we meaning the call center or the contact center. Um, the other thing that I really start to see is the, the digital revolution with this, right? So talking about things even before it comes to a call center, looking at social media, looking at Twitter, looking at WhatsApp, looking at Facebook, seeing what issues are happening out there in those worlds, um, and also looking at even the website. Are we using analytics to see that, you know, if there's a page that people keep struggling with, there's, there's one page that you know, they keep asking for chat. Uh, how do we, how do we kind of fix things right before they actually, you know, get to a point where we have to interact with them in a, in a customer experience you know, way. So using proactive customer support, I think is another way that AI can really have a, have a huge impact. Obviously from a reporting aspect, the reporting that happens now, um, with all of this new technology is absolutely freaking amazing, right? From our real-time dashboards to advanced reporting to tying in WFM um, and all the telephony data, but then tying in your database data as well. So maybe you want to talk about, and in, in, in from a BI, from an AI standpoint, hey, what is the 
Um, if we have a service level of a 9010, um, what is our chances for a cross-sell or upsell compared to if we have customers that wait for maybe a minute or two minutes? Is there a difference, right? And looking at, at, at things that we wouldn't even quantify before, but now with AI and with the, the tools that we have from a reporting aspect, we can really dig deep into things that maybe we, we never would have seen correlate before that have huge correlations, um, and I think, you know, when you look at the analytics piece, when you look at the reporting piece and you're tying that together, right, it's become a really, really powerful tool uh, for for everybody who's using it. And I think that's a you, we all we're talking about for AI right now is is chatbots. Right. And and how you're going to be able to talk in, in this 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 chatbot is going to be able to like a chat GPT is just going to be able to use kind of natural language processing and answer your questions. What we're not looking at is AI infused contact centers where have all of these tools that need to have this kind of advanced technology into them as well, right? So again, let me just say it, workforce intelligence, workforce management, speech analytics, looking at your advanced routing, like all of these things are, are really important. And I think it's this is why it's really, really important as well to use a, a, a really good platform, right? Don't just think about, you know, when you're, when you're maybe looking at, hey, you know, we have a premise-based Cisco switch or we're an Avaya switch or you know, whatever you know, those type of, 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 of on-prem things that you may have. And we want to move to the cloud. But, you know, this, this provider is a little bit more expensive and this one's a little cheaper. All right. If you don't really know what you're doing, I think it's really important, again, not to go off topic here, but to have a broker, have a consultant, have somebody that can talk through these things with you, that you can have a, a roadmap, a technology roadmap that you're thinking not just right now of, of what we need, but to stay ahead of where our competitors are going and where, where the industry is going. These are some of the tools that we want to make sure that we're implementing over the next year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, right. And thinking those th things out as well when you're, when you're looking for, for that new platform, because getting a new platform is your one chance to really revolutionize your whole customer experience. If you get it wrong, it's a total disaster. When you get it right, you can absolutely elevate your, your customer experiences to crazy levels. All right. Now let's talk about, more forward-facing AI in your face, like the cool stuff that everybody kind of wants to talk about now. And, you know, the bridge between the, the analytics and the WFM and the advanced reporting, the WFI, right, the bridge to this kind of forward-facing um, chatbot that's going to do everything is, is agent assist, right? And I, I think what you're, you're going to see within the next year or two um, and I think it's going to be that quick. Agent assist will be as regular in a contact center as a headset. Um, I was not a huge fan and, and that maybe I didn't understand it enough, but trying to process through how this technology would help and me being a BPO. So we're an outsourcer with a ton of different clients. And at the beginning of that technology, it just seemed like, it could be a little overwhelming, right, to implement this on multiple clients and, and kind of how that would work. And I, and I kept saying to everybody, internal call centers should, should utilize this. BPOs, I'm not really sure if there's a good ROI on it for for us and a, and a value for our client. But I've I've totally done a 180 on that. And the the technology now that is available will basically guide the agent like a talking supervisor in their ear who's an expert on the program, right? So your training times are going to be shrunk. Um, the amount of time that it's going to take, you know, you to get even beyond proficient, but getting to a level of, of sales and cross-sell and upsell and, and, and quality 
I think will, will just be just lightning speeds, right? Just because you have that helper with you, right? Imagine a, a huge catalog. Like, again, I use this. Let's say you are, you are a customer experience um, manager for a giant toy company, like a Toys R Us, right? Who's, who's coming back, right? So when somebody calls and says, hey, I have this, um, this fire engine, right, with the ladder and it's red and the wheel broke, how do I fix that? Because it says that, you know, here I can just click something and like, and you're like, I, the agent is never going to have the experience or understand every single toy and the wheel on that toy. And we can talk about KMS knowledge management systems that they can then look that up, which then takes time. They have to read through it. They're not experts on it. They're trying to process it. Uh, Maybe they give wrong information, but now with AI and agent assist, we can go directly into that KMS it can pull up actual language that the agent can talk and can say to that customer. Just like a chat GPT finding those answers very quickly, agent assist is going to be able to assist agents in ways that are going to make uh, the agent experience much better. And then the customer experience better too, because the agent's going to feel comfortable and confident that they're giving really good answers. Um, I think what you're going to see as well is is overall an uptick in an actual agent performance, um, when when they're not struggling, when they're not getting yelled at, when they're giving proper answers, I I, I really see a kind of a something that's going to be you know kind of revolutionary for that agent. So I think that's a huge bridge, you know, to the 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 full bore kind of Chat GPT model of of AI um, answering all of the questions for the uh, for the customer. And again, while I think that that may happen in in the future, I think right now, looking at our funnel where chatbots were here, now with AI, they're going to be start to answer these these questions, right? But we still have our agent here at the bottom. You know, one of the things that a prediction that I kind of make, and and I don't mean to say this as selfish or kind of, I guess, self promoting, but I think that the onshore contact centers are going to have a bigger place now in the, in the realm of outsourcing than, than the near shore offshore. There's so many of those near shore off, not that they can't answer difficult questions, but when you do have a little bit of a language barrier and only the really difficult questions are coming to agents, you know, if you have a 15, 20 minute, 30 minute phone call, I think the, the USA from a USA customer service perspective is, is it becomes a little bit more proficient and a little bit more, you know, better from the customer experience if you have a, a, a USA agent. Um, I know that there's 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 companies out there that are doing a lot with masking agents' voices, right? So they sound, whether it's European, they sound Scottish, they sound, sound like they're from Texas or whatever that is. And I think that that could have a, a play into it as well. Um, but, you know, when you think about it, I, I do think in, in the a 10-year, seven-year time frame that, you know, the AI will be will be really good. Let me caution everybody about this because this is the one thing I think is going to happen is, and I'm starting to see it, and this is the mistake that everybody is making is there is an absolute rush, right, to AI. There are just a lot of, I don't want to say seedy companies, but companies that are not very proficient in the tool that are acting like they are. Um, They want to sell you their chatbot and C-level executives want to buy these, these AI chatbots thinking that they're going to just totally revolutionize the customer experience 
it's going to be a total disaster in the short term. You're going to see ESAT scores go down. You're going to see NPS scores go down. You're going to see sentiment scores go down, like way down. There's going to be a huge pushback and a falling out with, you know, is AI really the, 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 the thing that we thought it was? And when that pushback, and when you start to hear that, that's when I think it's really going to take hold because there's companies that are really good right now that are building things that are going to take time. They're not going to be able to rush them to market. And when they come, um, I think that you're going to really see the how exciting and, and how cool this this technology really, really can be. So I think, you know, I think that that's, that's kind of where I, I kind of see things now, right? There's, there's the people who are rushing to do it, like I said earlier, and the people that are just kind of petrified of it and don't know what to do, right? And I don't think you have to be either, right? Just start putting your toe in the water with the backend tools that ha- that are AI infused, right? Start to move to an agent assist, you know, start to look at, you know, you probably have a chat bot now, right? None of that technology or, or that, that, that core technology changes. It just is getting better. That's the biggest thing, right? We, we've had chatbots forever. They, they haven't been very good. I think they're going to start to be very good, right? We're going to start to then infuse some, some voice with them as well. But I still think that there's a place for the agent. And I, you know, the other thing I think you're going to start to see is when you had offshore contact centers and then the rival was onshore with their customer support, like I forget if it was Citibank or Chase or Discover, one of those would always say, hey, USA customer support no matter what. And I think you're going to start to see, you know, human being customer support. Um, we're not going to just have, uh, you know, we don't have robots. We don't have that. We can give you empathy. We can really talk through your program. Now, we have AI-infused things to help, but your front end, um, their front end are really going to be able to, uh, to, to to help you with that. So, again, that's kind of just my thoughts on on taking your time not panicking over this kind of this, this revolution that we're starting to see um, making the, the best of, of the technology that you have and trying to upgrade what you have right now, start with the back end tools and start that bridge to that, to the front end kind of customer experiences as well. All right. I got a couple questions here um, on TikTok. Forecasting when we've got two unexpected. Okay, so this is a good so Nebraska Blue Dot. How do you suggest smaller teams forecasting uh when we've got two out unexpectedly, FLMA, those type of issues? All right. So I don't know if I can totally answer your question, but let me talk, let me start with smaller teams and forecasting. So I just did a podcast, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago, and we talked about the tools that you you really need. If you are under 75 seats, I don't think you need WFM at all, right? There's a thing, it's called the Erlang C calculator, E-R-L-A-N-G-C calculator. And the Erlang C will basically do what you will need from a forecasting standpoint. So what you will do is you'll put in, you know, how many calls that you're getting. You need to know how many calls that you get maybe in an hour or half hour or 15 minute interval. You need to know how long your calls are. What is the average handle time, right? And then what it will do for you is it will spit out, oh, then you put in your shrinkage. So shrinkage is basically what you're talking about. So if we have FLMA, if we have call-outs, what is the percentage roughly that we do have, right? You know, for most organizations, it's, it's depending on your size, is maybe 15 to 20%. Um, you know, and, and again, I think we're, we are right around, we do tend to 13% for our shrinkage in our contact center. And then it will basically spit out the number um, of what you need per interval. So again, Nebraska, I don't know if that that answers that question totally, um, but 
on the ExpediaUSA.com website, we have a free Erlang C calculator. CallCenterHelper.com has a free Erlang C calculator. Erlang, E-R-L-A-N-G, sorry. So E-R-L-A-N-G, then it's dash C. Uh, so Erlang C calculator. And I, I think that's really all you need. When we were just starting up and we were a startup here and we had, you know, 15 agents, um, that's all I used, right? And I, I put it on our website because it was so valuable for us. And now, obviously, I can't use that because of just the size and scope of, of what we're doing. And we need to really be forecasted out um, with a lot of things. All right, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, no, Nebraska, that's cool. The, the Salesforce in contact suite, that we utilize that as well, right? For clients that are using Salesforce, that's integrated right into the uh, right into the Salesforce platform. You can do some really cool things just so you know, too, like you can route your calls off of Salesforce data, um, which is, you know, a really cool aspect of, of kind of when you have those things integrated like that. I think it's really cool. So again, you, if you're integrated fully with the in contact and the, in the Salesforce, um, check that out because there's some really easy and cool ways that, that you can route calls, um, and, and kind of create a pretty cool customer experience. Can AI close my support tickets before the issue is resolved? I mean, yes and no. There's there's a there's a process or a tool called RPA, and RPA basically allows you or allows the system to to handle all of your back end processes a- after the call is done. So let's say, you know, you're you're signing up for again. I, I keep using like satellite radio, or you're you're signing up for cable TV, which nobody uses cable TV. But let's just say you are. And there's like five different pages that you need to fill out. As long as all of that information is done in the CRM, once the call is done, it will take all that information and fill all the paperwork out. So the agents don't need to do that. Um, And then it can kind of close that out. So again, I think depending on the tool that you want to use the AI with, um, there are some things that you can do depending on the size. Um, That again, the bigger the team, the more, the, the more, cost savings that you're going to find from this. If you have 15 agents, then I would just, you know, I would kind of do it on your own because it's, it does cost, you know, a, a, a little bit of a pretty penny to get that set up and you have to have some programming, but the tool is amazing, right? I mean, I've seen like a, a 10,000 seat contact center, you know, cut their, their overall handle time by like 15 to 20% using that tool, which is a, just a crazy amount of savings. So yeah, that's something to, to definitely kind of take a look at. Let me see what else we got here. So from a from a voice of customer tools. So let me let me give me a little bit of a rant on this. So when you're talking about voice of customer, there's there's multiple things that come into this, right? There's the survey tools, right? So you're looking at the emails, um, you're looking at the the survey that's done after the call, right? Anytime I think that you're asking for voice of 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 customer information in that way, I think it's a mistake. Um, and I kind of talked to my clients about not utilizing that because you only find two people really get that done. One, they had a horrific experience and they want to just hammer you, right? Or two, they had a great experience and, and maybe that had nothing to do with the agent. You could just, they got their, their money refunded. A lot of times we'll see the agent does an absolutely unbelievable job, but they followed business rules that went against what the customer wanted. So maybe we could not refund them. We couldn't send them something else out. So they hammer us on a survey. When really it had no reflection on the job that the agent did because the agent actually did a great job. That's why I love analytics and the AI piece of analytics um, to make sure that, you know, every single interaction. So 100% of all your interactions are, quote unquote, being scored, at least from a sentiment standpoint. 
And I, I, I think, you know, when you can get it to that point where you're really starting to benchmark sentiment scores, seeing what the agent does. And the other cool thing about, you know, speech analytics is we can look at our, what percentage of, of customers called in you know, pissed off or ticked off and that we flip them right to being happy and having positive sentiment, right? We score our agents on that. And you can, on the flip side, you can see what customers called in happy and maybe our agent really ticked them off or, or did a poor job. And we can look at those and through analytics, we can peel those out too, listen to those calls, find if we have any coaching opportunities for, for that. No. So we're using, uh, I use the CX one platform when it comes to, you know, the analytic piece, they do have a voice of customer. I forget what it's called. Uh, we do not utilize it. I've just moved off and, and everyone is kind of just using um, sentiment and from the interaction analytics that, that we kind of use. When it comes to like the customer journey, AI is having an impact because it's having an impact in the tools of that, right? So AI in itself, I don't think will really have an impact of, of us talking about customer journey, right? But looking at analytics and looking at trending keywords and looking at the the process of, of, of what we put a customer through, you know, the, the reporting of that, the analytics of that are getting better and better and better for allowing us to make really good insights into how we want to change the contact center, how we want to change um, how we do our, our CX process, right? Is our front end website terrible? Is our, uh, is it, do we really struggle with um, people that, uh, you know, want to do refunds and they can't find our website or they can't find our phone number on our website? What are some of the things that we can change from the front end, right? I think is th- that's where the reporting aspect and the analytic piece is really important. You know, when you look at, and you have a, you know, if we benchmark, we take on a new client and a new customer, and let's say we we like to benchmark their sentiment scores. So we'll see that maybe only 27% of their customers have positive sentiment, right, with their uh, with their customer base. So we'll ask them the question, why? And then we can look at the trending keywords, right? Most of the time, it has nothing to do with the agent. It has to do with the website stinks, um, logistics stinks. I never get my product. Um, I can't get through to customer support, right? So we look at that and we talk to our to the client and we say, hey, listen, you know, we can do a lot of things in the call center, but you got to fix the website. You got to fix um, your shipping. You got to fix this and this and this. And they're like, oh my God, wow, right? So we are able to kind of look at the entire customer journey, not just be able to fix the call center or or talk about the call center, but we were able to talk about all these other aspects of the of the organization's business. Um, and, and that really has the, a, a huge effect on, on customer journey and, and kind of just the, the full swath, not just the call center. And again, going back, that's why I think, you know, you know, voice of customer stuff needs to be done the right way. And I think surveys and those types of things are being revolutionized um, by analytics um, and will become a thing of the past uh, very, very quickly. Yeah, no, hey, Jay, Jay Bark, listen, um, if, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm uh, as there's a couple of people here on LinkedIn. Um, I'm doing this on LinkedIn Live too. And I've anybody who has a question or if you guys want to talk, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to schedule some time. You know, kind of a cheap plug as well. I do have a. Um, it's the advice from Call Center Geek. If anybody's into, and I know I get some pushback on this. Anybody's into NFTs, um, they're totally free. I don't charge anything for them. Um, we only have 25 of them. I think about 10 of them have been. Um, taken it costs like four bucks right because you just got to pay gas 
and basically you're going to, you get a, you know, a quarterly 15 to, to 20 minute call with me on, on anything that you, any issues that you have um, or anything you want to talk about in your call center. That's just something just I, I can throw out there as well. But for anybody again, who's new, I'd love to have you guys listen to uh, advice from call center geek, our podcast. We have, this will be the 181st episode. We talk about a lot of these kind of things and yeah, Jay Bar- we do, I do a lot of consulting, right? So not only do we have our core customer service um, outsourcing business, which is kind of my real-time job, um, but then we have a full consulting wing as well that basically is me and, and my team. Um, so you're not really pawned off on anybody because we're, we're very small. We don't take very many um, clients as well, um, just the ones that we think that we can really help and support and, and kind of talk through some of this stuff. Nathan, I don't I – don't, I looked up the, the Grupo NGN, and I, I really don't – I don't know enough about it to uh, to give you my opinion on it. I've never I've never demoed them. I've never seen them. Um, I mean, I saw what looked like a pretty cool um, value prop that they had, um, but I I did not. I, I don't really. I can't. I don't want to give you a bad opinion. Yeah, listen, Jay Brook, I am on TikTok a lot. If you follow me now, I mean, you'll, you'll see there's a ton of, of of videos that I'm doing daily. I'm trying to do three to five videos a day, talking about everything from coaching to you know, customer experience to what's happening in the industry to service levels and KPIs. You know, I try to do a once a week, we do a podcast and I've started to go do LinkedIn live with it just to kind of record it and, and get it on another platform to be able to talk to awesome people like you who maybe I'm not reaching as well on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love for all of you guys to check out the the podcast and, and love to hear if, what you guys think of it or maybe give it a shout out if you think it's, it's providing uh, any value of it. The Medaya Digital Suite? No, I have not demoed that. You know, most of the, you know, what I have looked for or what I'm looking at is all the core main CCAS players. So, you know, nice CX1, Genesis, 5.9, UJet. There's there's a ton of of really good players now in the space um, that, you know, look just looking at what customers need. And, you know, what is the best aspect of them, right? Do they need a, a UCAS platform? Do they need a CCAS platform? Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I, wish, I do not speak Russian. I wish I did. It would be awesome if I did, but I do not uh, I do not speak Russian. Nostrovia, right? Is, or is that Polish? Or is that your, I think that's, that's about all I, got. <laughs> all I got. A lot of the tools, and especially now, um, I'm getting a lot of the AI players that want me to kind of demo um, – demo their tools, right? So that I, you know, either I can talk about them or, you know, I can at least let them look at, you know, when I have a customer and I mean, I'll be at call center week. Call center week has been, you know, I've been kind of hammered them a little bit too for, for some of the, the offerings, right. That it's, it's really just turned into a technology, a technology expo, right. It's not really there to help people that are trying to get better with their contact center stuff, but there's, and every single booth is something you know, hammered with AI, plastered with AI all over it. So, you know, I'm, I will be there this year to kind of give my, my two cents on that as well. You know, hopefully I can, I can provide some value and just to some of those guys as well. But if you guys do not have any other questions, you know, I'm going to probably hop off here. I'll give you one more second if anybody has anything, but um, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Make sure, oh, how long? So, my, my background is all, this is all I've ever done. So I'm 47 years old. Um, <clears throat> my family actually started a call center. So through the mid eighties. So I was like, you know, in there like filling vending machines and I'm like eight or nine years old. Uh, that's when you can still smoke in the call center. So everybody was smoking. 
but then through college, they developed, you know, into about a 1500 seat center. I, I was on the phones. I was a supervisor. I was in the IT area. And then we worked for primarily all financial services companies. So, you know, Bank of America, Citibank, Chase, G Capital, we had all this, this swath of clients. And then, you know, when 2008, 2009, 2010 happened, the Great Recession was really a Great Depression for us. So we got killed. Private equity guys came in, <clears throat> bought it, fired everybody like three months later. So I started my company, Expedia, right? We started about 2010, 2011, found funding, started with four agents, had a little bit of an inside track because of, you know, some of the, you know, just the clients that we had in the past. So we have developed not only our call center outsourcing business, but our consulting business kind of in tandem as we've gone through. And again, we're utilizing, I'm not just a sales guy, right? I am uh, someone who's actually utilizing the tools, right? So I'm going to tell you, hey, this, this tool stinks. This isn't good. This is awesome. Hey, we utilize this. So a lot of the time, it's just sales guys that took a ton of demos, right? Instead of maybe somebody like me who is literally in the space, utilizing all the tools, you know, playing around, going to all the call center shows, talking to people, have a ton of friends that own contact centers. What tools are you guys using? What What do you like? So, well, hey, I appreciate it. I, uh, I you know, it's funny, speaking of I, people normally talk trash on TikTok. I just did a post on TikTok or did a video that basically says, guys, I'm taking a couple of these posts down. I did not come on here to argue or fight. And it was basically talking about how much call center agents should be paid. You know, again, this is all I want to do. This is a passion of mine. I've done it for a long time. I know there's a lot of people who maybe are newer in the industry that I would like to help. And, you know, if there's any business that I could get out of it, honestly, I would I would love that as well. But that's not the core reason I'm doing this. It's just really to to try to give back a little bit. And and I think I have some knowledge of, of some things that are pretty niche, right? Not a lot of people like it, but when I find the niche of, of person, um, I think it goes, it, it can be very, very helpful. So. So again, guys, hit me up. Uh, obviously, try to follow uh, follow the podcast. Follow me here on TikTok um, and on LinkedIn as well. Um, if you're listening to this, please find uh, find me on LinkedIn um, and, and and hit me up there too, and, and be happy to to talk and, and and try to see if I can help you in any way with your contact center. All right, guys, thank you guys so much. Go ahead, COVID would show leaders picks of the in and out paying more. Yeah. And listen, the reason that is a lot of times during COVID is because they had to be there on site, right? And nobody wanted to be on site for anything. And again, I don't want to get deep into this because I don't want to get into an argument. Um, But I I think, you know, we have seen call center agents um, salaries really rise. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's no coincidence that we're starting to see some, some AI play into this space. I don't think, again, it's going to take get rid of the call center agents, but it's probably going to chop 20 to, to 25% of, of most headcount, um, you know, away. And it is. Um, it's it, it. So that's a good question. So why hire U.S. agents when you can outsource for so much cheaper? I This is a value prop that I have to kind of go through every single day, and, and I constantly think about it, right? The number one reason um, – is, is not just the voice. And I think, you know, we can say what we want, but having a USA agent that understands the culture that can talk about the Super Bowl, that understands, you know, lingo and sarcasm, you know, to the point that we do, I think that there is a huge piece of it. I don't think that's the only piece. The other thing though, what has happened is because I have to charge more for my contact center and for my agents, 
I have to provide more value. So the call centers that just said, hey, we just have a button a seat or an agent in a seat answering calls, and that's all we're going to do. They're going to go away if they're not gone already, right? But what I have found is that we are providing now an added value, especially to the mid-tier, right? Because I'm not a huge call center. I'm not 10,000 seats. So if you have 20 seats, you have 15 seats, you have 10 seats, you have 30 seats, your, your internal call center probably cannot afford Right? Or is not putting in the investment in that. That's why if you outsource to someone like me or somebody in the industry that's like me, you will now find your technology stack went from zero to 100 overnight. Analytics, workforce management, natural speech language IVR, all of these different tools that you now have have the power to, to be touching and, and, and the, the power to be utilizing. Um and I think that there's a little bit more accountability as well for for US agent. Now, listen, we can go back and forth on you know the the because I think there is a lot of value for many organizations to go offshore to go near shore right if you have 10 15,000 seats you might not even have a choice because you just cannot afford it if that's the level of customer support you want to provide you might need to go um, to go offshore so again it, it's a it's a cultural aspect of an organization right to say hey we have USA customer support um, and I think there are cultural aspects of, of what a, a USA agent can provide. Um, not only from a language barrier, but just understanding kind of what's going on. And then, you know, the other aspect is you're finding most USA centers are going extremely high tech, right? Where a lot of the, you know, kind of the the offshore, nearshore are just using the value prop of we're cheaper. I can't use the word cheaper. So what can I use? More technology, higher value, uh, insights into with analytics, giving you all this stuff. So yes, are you paying more? Uh, yes, but I am hopeful that you're finding more value than you would find if you just paid, you know, 16 bucks near shore. Um, and that's just a decision that organizations have to make. And a lot of them don't. A lot of them go offshore and I'm totally fine with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it just really just depends on on the, the organization, the culture and, and kind of what you want um, and, and the size and what your budget is as well. But I think we have found a niche in that. You know, that credit union, that um, that that 20 seat, 30 seat, 50 seat, 100 seat center, right? In in that world, right? Love to love to bring on a 250 or 300 seat, you know, partner. But we are here for those guys, right? That maybe they can't afford that stuff or the, the company's not making that investment into their call center. Or if they outsourced, probably almost found a cheaper price than if they it did all that, Um don't have to pay for agents. Don't have to pay for a payroll. Don't have to worry about any of that. Um, don't have to worry about minutes. Get rid of your licenses. And, you know, when you do kind of the, the balancing act, I think for a lot of organizations, it, it makes a lot of sense. No, you you can. You can definitely hire eight agents in India for one in the U.S. And, and, and I think, again, I don't say you get what you pay for. But if, if all you need is some basic stuff, customer support, I think it makes total sense. If you're looking for something that's really in depth, you want the full meal deal, you want you know all the technology that comes to play with it, um, then I think that there is value coming back here into the uh, to the states to you know to to high end contact centers that are that are all over here. Um, that are, you know I have a lot of friends who run really really tight chips and 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 do a really great job when it comes to QA and um, and we haven't even talked about QA right and you know, like for me like you you can. We monitor everything, score everything. You can you have a live dashboard that you can see everything, right? So you can actually 
see the service level, see the agents. You can double click on an agent. You can monitor an agent. Totally, we are totally transparent to everything. A lot of times you don't find that offshore. Um, so I think again, we try to make it as easy and, and awesome as possible um, for for customers that want to outsource. But again, I don't this didn't I don't want this to be a sales pitch about Expedia or me, but those are just kind of my things of how I think through our value prop and how I think through how I can compete with nearshore offshore that can you know tire eight agents to every one of mine. Right? What 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 value do I provide for that? And and I think you know you, if you would ever talk to our customers that they would find that that value. So, all right, guys, that was awesome. Again, thank you guys so much. AMAs are way more fun for me and I think provide way more value for everybody than just me talking about a topic. So this, this, I'm just going to make this an episode, which is really cool. This is a, you know, kind of a, a podcast episode that, that (laughs) turned into an AMA. So thank you guys. Extremely, extremely, I'm extremely pleased and, and happy that, that everybody who came on here by far our biggest one again, if you are on TikTok, hit me up on LinkedIn. If you are on LinkedIn, please hit me up on TikTok because I'm providing different content to both. And I think uh, you guys will really enjoy it. But thank you guys so much. And I'll uh, I'll talk to you probably later this week.